Oh, I'm so happy we were able to get out on the water today. Yeah, me too. Why didn't you tell me you guys bought a boat? Stimulus, baby! Uh, you know, I will say, I was a little confused. It's, um, it's January. Well, I, I don't know if you knew this, but stimulus was a little underwhelming, so you know, had to shop those sales and off-seasons. Did you... did you hear that? Yeah, but where is music coming from? We're out on the ocean. Oh, God. I don't know. But it means something's coming. Oh, God. Oh, no. It's coming. It's coming towards us. What is it? What is it? It's, it's, it's episode 47. The ocean is terrifying. Candyman. 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 Be afraid. Be very afraid. We have some bad hombres here, and we're going to get them out. Bing bing bong bong bing bing bing. I love China. Hi, I'm Jackie. Wanna play? I just want them to suffer. I joined Donald Trump on the Republican ticket because I believe he has the right leadership and the right vision to make America great again. Since 2017, a majority of Democrats turned into alt-left radical psychos. But we'll get back to them later. I will build a great, great wall. I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the freaking frogs gay. Do you Another side effect of the coronavirus, pollution. More people are relying on single-use plastics, things like masks, gloves, and bottles of hand sanitizer, and they're ending up in the ocean. Welcome to Friday the 13th Horror Podcast. My name is Andrew. And I'm Maddie. And we are here to tell you some tales about the ocean. And if you've never been with us before, we are a podcast that talks all about horror, horror in real life, as well as horror in the media. We always start our horror in real life section first, and then transition into our movies. It's our first episode of 2021. It is. How are you feeling? How's it going? You know, let's fucking talk about Same-sies. it. Samesies. You know, there's a, a lot has happened. And um, I want to go into... Our certified terrifying corner. It's going to go over sort of uh, the most terrifying news that has happened in this first part of January. And holy shit, there was a lot. So just kind of going through it quickly here and just getting some quick reactions. Um, Andrew, did you get a stimulus check? I did, actually. Oh, wow. You're lucky because a lot of Americans have not yet. $600 stimulus checks have begun to be issued to qualified Americans. The IRS is experiencing significant glitches and delays. A lot of you listening right now probably haven't gotten one Did this yet. happen last time? It did happen okay. last time, too. Yeah. Which is really weird because, like, I got mine, my last one, like, mm-hmm. the, the, well, I should say the first one. I got that one, like, the day that they came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then this one, I still haven't gotten mine yet. I know that I'm going to get it. Yeah, But, yeah. like, it's just weird how it's happening. Yeah, I don't, I feel like they should have figured it out by now. I totally agree fine. with you, yeah. <laughs> um, also, very terrifying, 140,000 jobs were lost last month in December in America. Get this, all of them were women. 
Every That's single weird. one of them was women. And men gained 16,000 jobs, which is cool, but that really sucks for women. Um, the U.S. also hit a new record in COVID deaths in early January, over 4,000 deaths in one day. Get your vaccine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you got a vaccine, Andrew. I you want to tell us about it? Yeah. So um, I feel really lucky that I was able to. Um, I work for a healthcare organization, so that's why we kind of got um, not prioritized, but we got the option. Sure. Um, right. And you know what? Honestly, I kind of wanted to take one for the team and um, report back on if I yeah. had any, um, you know, any sort of side effects yeah. or how it felt or anything that happened with it because I want my friends and family to be safe. Oh, holy shit, yes. Um, and so I did get my first round of vaccine. Um, how do you feel? I It was totally just like a flu shot, to be totally honest. I didn't even feel it. Yeah. Um, and the nurse that was with me was really helpful. She sat me down and really said, like, what are your questions around this? Like, hmm. she actually took the time. It's not like the flu shot, look, where you just sit down, they rub your arm. And, you yeah, know, sure. She, like, actually gave me some information. Um, they had, like, a one-sheeter on possible side effects, wow. blah, 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 blah. Um, and, you know, I asked her about spreading um, COVID, uh, if even if I do have yeah, the vaccine. Sure. Some good stuff for people to know um, that I learned from a nurse is that even if you do have the vaccine, um, specifically the Pfizer vaccine. Yeah. Um, Which they, is the one that you got? This is the one that I got. Okay. Um, they did not have time in their clinical trials to um, assess spread after vaccination. They didn't get the data. Yeah. So um, the Moderna one did, uh, and they reported that they did not see any spread of it after which oh, is really good which is really positive for the pfizer one because they're kind of the same probably going to be the same thing um so i'm still not going to do anything like yeah. i'm still within my quarantine i'm still kind of sure. doing masking and he's not distancing. he's not going to steamworks this week <laughs> folks you know nor ever but um, <laughs> i did learn from some physicians that um the second round is a little tougher on really? you um, it may cause a little bit more fatigue. Hmm. Um, so may maybe you have to plan that data, like exactly. not do anything else, yeah. that kind of shit. Yeah. A lot of the surgeons that I work with that are going on their second round are not scheduling anything yeah. like for the day after. Sure. So, um, get just, it on a Friday, have the weekend. Yeah. Just some things, um, so, uh, severe sore arm and fatigue were the only things that I experienced on well, my good. first round. So you're telling me that you did not have a microchip placed inside of you. We'll find out. And that you have not <laughs> mutated into an X-Man yet. You know what? Bring it on. Sure. <laughs> got it. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, Andrew, we're all glad that you got the vaccine. Um, and just out there for anybody, like if you can get it, get it, just get it. Yeah. Like no qualms about it. Um, wonderful. So, uh, the other biggest story of the, this very first week of January <laughs> is that our current dictator in chief, the piece of shit, Donald Trump, uh, fomented and inspired an insurrection at the United States Capitol in DC. Uh, domestic terrorists literally stormed the Capitol for the first time since the War of 1812. I want mm -hmm. you to really think about that. Breaching both chambers, causing considerable damage. Five people died. One of them was a Capitol Police officer. Numerous people injured badly. The fallout is huge. Andrew, how were you feeling about it that day? 
Well, first of all, I'd like to apologize to our listeners of episode 46, where we said probably nothing was going to happen before the election was over. <laughs> I, I did I did predict that there would be a right-wing terrorist attack. Uh, I had no idea that um, uh, Donald Trump and his cronies were going to uh, get in a tent and listen to Gloria and then go out and incite a riot. They so... call me Gloria. <laughs> um, so can I say I'm not surprised? No, yeah. but it's awful. And it's terrifying. Fine. It's. I, I really uh, hope that we can continue to uh, heal as yeah. a nation. You know, I, I'll, I'll keep this short because I want to get us to our main topic for this episode. But the one thing that I will say is this. A lot of you all out there are a lot like me. You like to get out there. You like to get loud. You like to go protest. You like to go do shit. I'm going to tell you what. Don't do it right now. Like, yeah. Please, please don't do it because there are worse things coming. I can. I feel it in the deepest pit of my body that there is something way worse about to happen and that is why twitter banned trump and all of his cronies accounts because they have information that they're going to do something around the 17th of january so please stay safe you don't need to go to protest right now you honestly just please don't yeah and That's also all I'm saying. still a pandemic so yeah like <laughs> i mean there, there are ways that you can do it and be safe i did before but jesus christ you you've got to take this just, seriously yeah right just now. one more thing on that just, just real home. quick is watching the news and seeing all of the uh the unmasked that was like the first thing that i reacted to i was oh, like God. this is a cesspool of germs you know what i'll give us one one last item here and then we're going to go straight on but you're going to react in the same way that i did the other terrifying thing at the end of the year is all of the motherfucking gays that went to motherfucking Puerto Vallarta. Shame on you and gaze over COVID on fucking Instagram. We love you. <laughs> You're the bomb. We're going to sponsor you just for fun. Love seeing that sinking ship. <laughs> Anyways, to our main topic. That's speaking our cer- of, speaking of ships. Right, right. <laughs> that's our that's our certified terrifying corner just going over some of the scary shit that just happened. We're going to launch straight into our topic, which Andrew said is oceans. And you know what? The ocean, the oceans, every, you know what? Every ocean, not just one of them. To me, they're really scary. Um, Yeah, you're not much of a water guy. I don't, you know, I like to be on the water in a boat. Okay. I like to be on the water when it's like five feet deep. When it's When you can stand in it. Yeah, when I can stand, I'm okay. Like Up to my neck, I'm all right. Anything more than that, that is when I start to like panic. Mm-hmm. And it's not just the fact that I think I am probably going to die. That's like my genuine belief. Um, but also, I'm terrified of creatures in the ocean. Sure. Like, um, yeah, when I, I, when I, don't I think know. about like lionfish and like crazy crabs and shit, like, oh, we'll go over it. That, yeah. <laughs> that, that makes me fucking nuts. Yeah. I, I don't know if I've shared this on the podcast before, but when I was in junior high, my first aspiration for a career was to be Shamu's trainer. That's <sighs> where <laughs> that was my, you know, a- Andrew, I've got someone I can introduce you <laughs> to for that if, if you're looking. Well, I think like SeaWorld is like done, aren't they? You know what? Let it be so. Let <laughs> it I think be so. Shamu is pretty, it's like done. <sighs> I got one thing to tell you, baby. Empty the tanks. Empty the tanks. Keep going. Uh, no. And then I quickly realized that I was terrified of water I couldn't see through. <laughs> so while pools are great, sure. the ocean is a little scarier. Yeah. We'll talk about how unclear the ocean is very shortly. Yeah. So do you want to learn first about some of the most deadly predators in the the ocean? I mean, I do want to sleep tonight, but, you know, that's okay. We, we can do this. I have a top yeah. five, and I think you're going to be surprised that sharks are not even in the top ten. That's interesting. Yeah. 
So wait, when you say do you mean like this is who can kill you the this most? This is who kind can of thing? kill you. Okay. Yeah. So top five, number five, the flower urchin. Sounds like a delightful creature. So frankly. the flower urchin's sharp. Um, they basically have what do you call them? Spindles like that spikes, can spiky give kind of you things? some extremely venomous uh, pokes. Okay. Um, Unlike other sea urchins, the stings of these creatures not only hurt like hell, but they can also cause paralysis <gasps> that may even lead to death. Yeah, see, now, if you're paralyzed, you know what you're going to do? What? Drop. You're going to sink. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? You're going to sink in the ocean. Okay, number four, the stonefish, which don't look this up because they are terrifying to look at. It basically looks like a rock at the bottom of the ocean, usually covered by moss, and then it just opens its mouth oh god that's terrible <laughs> now do you know which oceans these are in are they so everywhere some of them i have information on that some of them i don't okay um just because i didn't have enough time that's fine but that's fine um, they're in the water Look so at it that way they are not to be more than 30 to 40 centimeters long um but they're living proof of the fact that you don't have to be great in order to be a threat uh, the venom of a stonefish can cause excruciating pain, temporary paralysis, and even heart failure. Oh, my God. So, great. But um, the one thing that's good about the stonefish is that they only use their venom as a defense mechanism. Um, so so they, they're not going to hunt They're not ass. hunting you, yeah. but they are just sitting at the bottom of the ocean, so... Good luck that's, stepping that's, on that's them. That's absolutely terrifying. Um, the blue-ringed octopus comes in at number three. Um, they're only around 30 grams, but contain enough poison to kill over 20 humans. Oh, my God. Um, blue-ringed octopus, whose paralyzing venom is 1,200 times more powerful than cyanide. Jesus. Uh, a type of creature you really don't want to mess with. Um, good news is that these creatures... Um, Hold on, my notes are a little. Don't want to mess with you either. Uh, they avoid confrontation at all costs and inject their venom only when provoked or stepped on. So they're they're pretty small octopi. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it, it, I, I imagine it kind of more looks like a jellyfish. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. But more colorful because they're blue. You know, when we were in Honduras that one time, we did see a baby octopus. Remember yeah. that? Mm -hmm. That was cute. Um. Number two, the uh, this was kind of surprising to me just because it doesn't fit in with the other ones. Yeah. Uh, this is kind of a, a more of an aggressive animal, uh, the saltwater crocodile. Uh, crocodile. I think that people know kind of what saltwater crocodiles are. Um, the most dangerous animal of Australia, uh, weighing in up to 1,200 kilograms, saltwater crocodiles are the largest crocodilians on the planet. Oh, my God. Um, and with that size comes lethal power. Crocodile. Crocodile. I can't do. I can't, Crocodile. I can't do Australian. I'm not even sure if I'm doing it right now. Frankly, <laughs> I don't know. And I think we do have some, um, some Australian listeners. So hey, we Aussies. Apologize. Aussies. Is it, does it sound like crocodile? Um, saltwater crocodile has the most powerful bite in the world. With its jaw, has ten times more strength than a great white shark. Sounds like a glory hole I've been to. Um, <laughs> keep going. Keep going. And I, I also have seen footage where if they they snag you they tend to roll their crocodile oh, roll. no 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 um and number one which i did not expect the box jellyfish damn it's just a little tiny jellyfish is the most dangerous in the uh ocean seriously yeah these creatures are transparent and pale in color Pale blue in color, excuse me, um, which makes them almost invisible if there wasn't enough to worry about. Jesus. Um, it actually took quite a long time for them to even be realized. Like, people didn't even 
know that they were yeah. in existence for a long time. Um, one box jellyfish contains enough venom to kill up to 60 people. Um, and what makes them even more dangerous is their venom speed of acting. The sting of the je- box jellyfish can kill you in less than five minutes. Jellyfish have a body count five times as much as sharks. That's insane. Yeah. But but that is also something that like does freak me out is a jellyfish because like when you go to places where they are, yeah. like you see them on the fucking beach everywhere. You can't walk. You're scared to walk anywhere. You got to pee on yourself if they get you, you know, like that kind of shit. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Puerto Vallarta, when we were in Puerto Vallarta, yeah. oh God, this was a long time ago, probably seven, eight years ago. Yeah. Uh, we went on a little day cruise yeah. and we were supposed to be able to go snorkeling, um, but it was jellyfish season. So when we looked in the water, you could see jellyfish. Uh, and so we weren't uh, allowed to go in. But uh, it makes me want to was, puke right now. It was really terrible terrifying to be like you could just get stung by a jellyfish i don't know <laughs> yeah that's that's tough i've never been attacked by anything in the ocean uh i've never stepped on a <laughs> well I, I mean no for real like I, I know yeah. quite a few people that have a jellyfish sting yeah, or sure. stepped on a sea urchin yeah. or something along those lines yeah um growing up in michigan we had great lakes which are have their own species of yeah, weird of animals but yeah. the ocean is just it's nothing like Crazy. the ocean, though. Yeah, that's like in 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 the in the lakes. I can't think of any animal that's gonna like kill you. Uh, there's some big fish that have some teeth. But sure, but not really. Anything. They're not gonna like chomp you. Yeah, you know. Unless you lived on Fife Lake, where the monster of Fife Lake lives. We can talk about that in another episode, <laughs> in our lake monster episode, which actually is not a terrible. Yeah idea keep going yeah. go ahead anyways you have another story don't you yeah well um did you want to share anything about the ocean itself because mine is kind of more of like a human interest yeah, type sure. story so here why don't we do why don't we do the stuff that i got and then we'll go to your your human interest yeah yeah and just to like kind of you know start us off the 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 facts about the ocean is that we don't have a lot of facts about the ocean oh, yeah for sure it is so unexplored that you know the tallest mountain in the world is in the ocean yeah right it's not mount everest it's not kilimanjaro it's in the ocean well and, and straight to that point just some some basic facts here 99 percent of living space on the earth I want you to really think about that 99 percent of all the living space is under the ocean that's crazy like you can't even you can't even really fathom that it's almost like space in a way right um and we've only explored 10% of that. Yeah, and I did I read an article kind of about this where um it was kind of comparing the ocean to space and the weird thing is that we've found all kinds of species in the ocean. We've never found a species in space. Not yet, but there <laughs> is. I'll tell you what though, look at the news. There is a signal from Proxima Centauri that's very interesting. Seriously, I'm not even joking. Well, you can go back um, and listen to our space episode yeah, if you keep, want to hear more about that. Seriously, keep a, listen to the it's it's called the Breakthrough Initiative. You should check that out. Anyways, back to the ocean. Um also, over half of the world's oxygen comes from the ocean, um, at least half, but as much as 80% of all life on Earth is in the ocean. And each year, three times as much rubbish is dumped into the world's oceans as the weight of fish caught. Great. It's disgusting. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit more about 
about trash because, of course, it is a huge problem um, and it's becoming an even bigger problem as we go. Um, the, the first thing that, that I, I want to bring up is that, you know, I think when people think about ocean disasters, their their mind goes to like the Exxon Valdez. It goes to this, goes to that. Oil, the Titanic. Yeah, right. Exactly. The Titanic, <laughs> more like it. Um, oil spills are not the problem, actually. They, they account for only 12% of all the oil in the ocean. The rest of it comes from leaching, comes from boats, comes from shipping, comes from all the shit that we do um, that isn't when an oil spill happens. Um, there's also more plastic. That, there's more plastic than there than there are fish in the ocean. That's crazy. Um, Eight million metric tons of plastic gets dumped in the ocean every year. That is the equivalent of fifty seven thousand blue whales. That's the biggest creature on Earth. By 2050, plastic will outweigh all of the ocean's fish. And knowing as much as we know about plastic, why are we not reusing it? That's a great question. <laughs> we'll talk more about that pretty soon, though. There are five giant, not even joking, they are called officially garbage patches. Awesome. Um, the largest garbage patch is called the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. It has at least 1.8 trillion pieces of trash and it covers an area twice the size of texas which Perfect. is pretty fucking big um and there it is just drifting in the ocean the world's largest ocean um it, there's there's also a, a a theory of double pollution when plastics break down from like the sun basically they break down into microplastics it then pollutes the sea again under the sea because those sink down to the ocean floor um as a small group of big polluters 80 percent of ocean trash comes from just 20 countries china and Indonesia are at the top. Uh, but the U.S., of course, why wouldn't we be? We're on that list. Perfect. Uh, pollution in laundry. When you do one load of laundry, it sends 700,000 microfibers into the waterways. Um, and if they're not made of natural materials, like, you know, cotton, basically, they don't break down. That makes up 85% of beach trash. And it's not just plastic. It's also agricultural nutrients from farming that get dumped in in large amounts. Those cause super blooms of algae. They kill off everything, right? And speaking of like those zones where that happens, there are more dead zones every day, basically. In 2004, there were 146 hypoxic zones where the O2 is too low. Mm. Um, in 2008, just four years later, 405. Wow. And there are more now. They're, they're estimated that there's actually 415 hypoxic dead zones. Um, what? So why, it's a lot. Why are we putting... Uh, I don't understand putting the trash in the water. Like, do we think it's just going to, like, de-do it? I don't... I think there's just nowhere else for it to go. Can't Don't we have landfills for that? I, I, <laughs> I, I think that we have not... We have yet to figure... And this is not a surprise for any of us, right? Pitching to the choir. We have yet to figure out how each of us can produce less trash, number yeah. one. Uh -huh. And number two... We continue, you mentioned it earlier, why are we still using single-use plastic? Right. I mean, it's absolutely insane. Um, speaking of that, though, I don't want to dig a hole just super deep and not give you a ladder out. Um, some good news. Okay. Canada is on track to ban... Of course ban, they are. Of course right? it's Canada. God right? damn. But, but it's, it took some work. They're on track to ban single-use plastics this year. So what does that mean? No more plastic cutlery. No more plastic plates. No more plastic straws. Everything has to be useful or like completely biodegradable and recyclable, right? Yeah, that makes sense to me. Um, Peru no longer allows tourists and visitors to carry in single-use plastics to natural and culturally protected areas. That's basically like 
all that Peru does. Um, San Diego has banned all has banned all styrofoam food and drink containers. DC banned plastic straws in 2019. Massachusetts had a similar law. Other countries are doing similar things, and other countries have have good conservation in general. There there are there there is good news. Yeah, but there's just unfortunately there's more bad news than good, and it it is going to. You know, as I was looking through this, it really did remind me, like, I need to do a better job. Like, yeah. I, I really do. Like, And, like, thankfully, if you think about it, being at home during the pandemic for basically a year now, we're almost there, um, I have, without a doubt, used fewer straws, fewer plastic tops on a oh, for sure. soda cup, or, yeah. like, fewer plastic forks and knives. Like, all of that stuff... I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't think it's a universal experience, but I've definitely used a lot less of that kind of shit. I'm sure you have, too. Oh, yeah. We, we've we graduated to metal straw. Like, we're doing where we can. Yeah. Metal straws. Um, I mean, if takeout gives us um, plastic, we usually just keep it. Like I'm, I'm the same way. So, yeah, I like have a drawer of just yeah. like a bunch of it, and which is honestly, good I don't know for, what I'm like, gonna do with it, but you know what? <laughs> I I hang on to it for like when we go camping. Yeah, you okay. know, like, and then I just like put a bunch in there in case we need it for something, some reason. Um, but even like when we were camping, I did have a few like plastic forks and shit, and like you know, I can I can always wash we those. Can always do better <laughs> and use them. So. It, it is just, it's a good reminder. And I hope this episode does that for you in the new year. You're thinking about new ways to be and live. You know, just think about it. You honestly could make a difference. Yeah. You and really I can. I, I will say just the small difference that in the last, I don't know when the plastic ban ban, plastic Plastic bag ban, ban. ban. You can say ban ban. Uh, went into effect. I think it was like five years ago or so. Now. In Chicago, um, I definitely do see a lot less like random bags yeah. and trees and like yeah. on, in uh, alleyways and, and stuff. And so you know what? It small was, things can happen. It was one of those things <laughs> where when it happened, everyone was bitching and moaning. And well, and it's because there was a tax, whatever. To it. And you know what? Now people just do it. It's the same thing with it happened with straws. Everyone was like, "Oh, I can't do this." Blah 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 blah. And then it's like. You're doing it now. Like yeah, now, I just carry a metal straw. You're, you're okay. Like you can absolutely do it. And like, as far as like the, the the disability angle, I totally get that too. But once again, there's no reason why you can't have like a plastic straw that you use over yeah. and over again. Some kind of thing. Like there are ways that we're going to have to do this because what do you do? You want a shitty? Do you want the world to be shittier? Because. <laughs> That can happen. <laughs> Anyways, that's what I got. Yeah, I need to look into further reports now that we've been in the pandemic for this long because I remember about a month or two out there starting to report on like, yeah. oh, the you know the the rivers are clean in in France yeah. and like in there's, Italy. There's dolphins everywhere <laughs> <Yes>. now. <laughs> I haven't heard anything about that in a the while. The dolphins but... were singing an aria in Italy. Well, just to give us a little bit of a, a pivot, um, I have uh, done some research, and I don't know if you know this, but there are literally thousands of shipwrecks in the bottom of the ocean where thousands of dead bodies just are. Makes sense. Um, because for some reason, and I, I find this very interesting, and I need to do a little bit more research into why, but most of the time a ship goes down, we just leave it there. I mean, probably because it's <laughs> it's too expensive to get it out. I guess. You know, I mean, like... My cousin's boat, um, it, it sank near Fiji, uh, Sambaluka, and uh, it's at the bottom of the ocean. That's crazy. It just sank down. That's like, so crazy. They, and you know what? If if you're 
like my cousins owned a yacht. They still own a yacht. They actually just bought a new yacht in Hawaii. Perfect. Um, Wonderful. I know. They're, they're great people, though. Um, and I love them to death. And also, like, they, they're like, they're serious yachtsmen. Like, they know what they're doing. Um, but, like, if, you, if you're lucky enough to own a boat, you definitely have boat insurance. Yeah. So, like, when that went down, they just got a new boat. Like, I mean, <laughs> that's how it works. Anyway, um, I wanted to figure out what is the longest that a person has ever been stranded at sea. Hmm. Um, so the longest... How long was it? <laughs> so the longest a person has ever survived on the ocean is 438 days. So if you think... If you think being stuck at home for this amount of time is bad, ask Salvador Alvarenga. 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 I'm going to go that How'd route. How'd you get Salvarenga out of that? <laughs> Alvarenga of uh age 36 how it, he's feeling is this guy still alive yeah he's okay. still alive. He, he needs to be he wrote a talking book. about the quarantine um holy so shit salvador of el of el salvador i didn't even put that together salvador. um washed ashore on two on january in january of 2014 on the marshall islands in the middle of the pacific ocean after oh my god after setting off on a two-day fishing trip from mexico in november of 2012 oh my god <laughs> It was the longest any castaway has survived. Um, Alvarenga had paid um, 22-year-old Ezekiel Cordoba $50 to accompany him because his original partner and fisherman mate was sick, so he stayed off this boat. Basically, what happened when they were out at sea doing fishing stuff, <laughs> you know, how people My fish. God. Um, he basically, a big storm came, knocked out all of their equipment, knocked out all of their communication devices. Um, Alvarenga and Cordoba actually survived the storm. And for several months, they lived by basically catching fish and birds and drinking turtle blood oh my um, god oh my god and rainwater to survive um i learned that turtle blood is rich in vitamin c and that's why they did not get scurvy well they've got that uh the turtle soup yeah you know mm -hmm. yeah. um so basically after a couple months um cordoba actually became very ill so the 22 year old became very ill um it's kind of positioned that they may have ate a bird that had a poisonous snake in it its stomach Ugh. so he got he got really sick and then after that he refused to eat like the meats that they were catching and he eventually died um, before starving to death Cordoba made Alvarenga promise not to eat him and tell his mom what had happened um, this is where things get a little weird because he's been out at sea for all this time um, Mr. Alvarenga befriended the corpse keeping it on board for six days and chatting to it until he realized his own insanity and threw it overboard <laughs> um, he quote I could see my death was going to be very very slow he said wow uh, but against all odds, he survived. And Mr. Alvarenga washed up on the Marshall Islands in the middle of the Pacific Ocean in 2014. Do, do you think the first song he listened to was Against All Odds right away? <laughs> Probably was. Probably um, was. So two months later, Alvarenga visited Cordoba's mother to fulfill his promise, and he delivered her son's message. Um, he has always denied eating his crewmate. Wow. However... The family of Cordoba is has sued is or is suing um, Alvarenga for a, a good amount of money because he wrote a book. 
he wrote a book about his experience, and they wanted to get some of the royalties from that, so they are accusing him of eating his crewmate. Uh, he's maintained that he is that he did not eat his crewmate, um, but this is truly a tale of if you can survive in your house for this long, think about this guy. You know, I, I listen. The the family, I, I get that they're sad, but also like, can you just give the guy a break? <laughs> like that that's a pretty spurious lawsuit. Right. Like you have no basis for it. You don't know if he ate them. You you have no proof. And I'm sorry, but. Who cares if he did? Like, he was just trying to survive. Yeah, you know the the thing about about dead people is that they don't care, right? Yeah, they're they're right. actually they're actually dead, um, and there's no proof. And also the dude, like you said, the dude survived. And if he wants to write a book, let the man write a fucking book. Yeah, like great. As far as I'm concerned, if you're out there for that much time on the ocean, that's what you had to experience. I don't. I think you get a free pass for the rest of life. I'm not judging you for anything. Yeah, I I think you should never have to work again, right. and you just get to do whatever you want. Until you die. Yeah. That's what I think. Because, I mean, for all... Case closed, for all counselor. For purposes, he ding, was out ding, there ding. doing a job anyway. Yeah, so. exactly. You know what? Uh, your case is dismissed. Goodbye. Sorry. <laughs> You're out of here, Mrs. Rios. You're out. So, yes, that is the longest reported person that has been stranded at sea. You know, to those idiots out there. Which ones? <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good point. The ones that just can't handle a quarantine. Oh, I know. You remember the name of Salvador Alvarenga. Do you understand? Say his name. Say his name five times. He will appear in front of you. <laughs> and he will eat you. Yes, just like Bloody Mary. I might have about it. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. Um, well, this was fun. Um, the ocean, uh, we hope that you don't go in it um, unless you know what you're doing. What oceans have you been in? I have been in the Atlantic Ocean and I have been in the Pacific Ocean. Um, and I guess, like, if I were thinking about, like, other bodies of water, I've been in, like... Where were we in the? We were in the Caribbean, I yeah, guess, Caribbean. right? Yeah, we were. So we were there. I guess I've been in the Gulf of Mexico, like kind of. I've been in um, around. I'm not even sure what you call it around England, to be honest with you. Like, like I don't know English what that is called either, or whatever. Like, or the channel. I've been kind of, kind of in the channel. I was thinking about that the other day, and mm. I was like, I know there's like the Baltic Sea and the Adriatic, and I was like, but what's, I haven't been in those. But like, what's up by like Scotland? Yeah, what they, is that? they all have names. I just can't remember. Them is that right considered now. the Arctic Ocean? Ugh. Anyway, I don't know. I'm not a geography. I've been in, I've been in the waters around Hawaii. You have too. I've been, um, and I, you know, for me, I really love the Great Lakes. Yeah, I, I can handle that. Yeah, that Great I can Lakes do. are great. <laughs> That's why they call them the Great They're Lakes. Great, and guess what? So was that segment. Got it. So thank you. Horror in real life for our first episode of the new year. It's going to be a great year, folks. Are you ready, Andrew, for what are we doing next? We are going to be talking what you've been watching, bitch. What you've been watching, you ocean-dwelling sucker bitch. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Guess what, bitch? It's time for what you've been watching, bitch. It's good. It's good. Like um, it. If you're new to our show, to Friday the 13th Horror Podcast, um, this is the segment where we just literally talk about what we've been watching, bitch. Yeah. So, Andrew, you're going to tell us one thing first that you've been watching. Oh, and then, and then. Tell us a little bit about it, and then tell us where we can watch it. Well, it's like we've never done this before. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so, I, coming from our friends over at Hulu, I watched the Hello. movie. What, what if you pronounce it? Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> 
Um, I watched the movie Spree. Um, Spree is all about this, uh, um, this guy who is like, (laughs) is, I was trying to think of like a, well, there's a guy. I was trying to think of like a good word for like deranged or something. Cause he's, but he's not really deranged. He's just a little off kilter. Mentally ill. Yeah. Okay. That could work. Yeah. Um, basically this guy is a Uber driver, but in this movie they called Spree. And oh, okay, um, gotcha. He okay. sets up all these cameras in his car to record his conversations with people to put them on YouTube to it's become a, it's like money cab. Yeah, to become like a YouTube star. Okay, makes uh, sense. Because he's like really aspirational of this one guy that he knows on YouTube that's famous. Okay, um, so he's trying to become YouTube famous by kind of having um, I don't know if you remember this back in the day HBO uh, Taxi Cab Confessions. Yeah, oh, I remember that. Yeah, uh, kind of that kind of thing, and then it just kind of follows him. Until he's he's not getting enough viewers, and so he starts to do some things that are not oh, so great no. to get oh, more no. viewers. Listen, you know, when we were dropping in listeners once, we tried killing somebody on the air. Didn't work. It was not good for us. Is this what this guy did? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Oh, jeez. Um, interesting cast, though. This has the guy from... Um, that plays the older brother in Stranger Things in the main cast, main role. Oh, you uh, mean Joe Keery? Sure. Yep. yep oh, yep. I love Joe. Um, I think he's just, so, I think he's so cute. Um, David Arquette plays his dad. Oh, really? Um, there's a couple of comedians in it. Frankie Grande shows up at one point. It's, it's That's so strange. There's a lot of really random. You can definitely tell that this is someone, the person that made this is kind of like friends with a lot of people in yeah. LA. So he got a lot of people to do it for cheap. Um, it's mostly found footage. So if that's not your thing, you're probably not going to like it. Mm. Um, but I had, a, I had fun with it. It's nothing you're going to like remember five yeah. years from now, but I think it was a fun movie. I'll give it a shot. I, I like Joe Keery. Um, my first one is Super Dark Times on Shutter. Have you seen this? I saw it was, I saw this when it was on Netflix a couple years ago. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause it came out in 2017. Um, the, I really liked this movie this is right up my alley this is the three boys right yeah okay, well yeah. there's four there's four well yes well <laughs> oh, yikes um we'll, we'll leave it to you to find that out anyways um it it takes place uh like like in the 90s like when andrew and i were growing up basically um and it's uh this the story of these teenagers all like in a town kind of like the ones that we grew up in i think that's probably why it was attractive to me yeah um and it's it's something really terrible happens and it's so terrible and they're children, literally children. So they don't know what to do. It's the fallout from that. And it's the fallout from it, but the fallout is really bad Mm -hmm. and it just, it's a cascade and there, the, the main boy, I can't remember his name right now. Um, but the main boy, I, I thought, Whoever that actor is, he I thought he did a fantastic job. He was really, really good. Yeah, like I said, it's been a couple of years since I remember watching this, yeah. but I do remember liking it when yeah, I watched just, it. Yeah, just really good. The, the, the soundtrack is awesome. Um, you know, if you were a '90s kid like us, you're you're, pro- you're probably gonna like it. Yeah, and um, you know, I'm really glad that Shutter has it. What I was thinking when I was watching it on Shutter, of course, was, damn, I wish Shutter would have more things like this. I actually think they're doing a pretty good job. Yeah, well, I'm not saying that they're not, yeah. but but hear me out. I'm saying I wish that you had more things like this. We need more, we need more thinky kind of stuff. And this is a movie that is kind of like it it haunts you. I thought it was really haunting. Interesting. Um, so super dark times on Shutter. 
Go for it. My next one is also still on Hulu because I Hula. I, I kind of went through um, at the end of the year type thing. I had kind of neglected my Hulu account, so I kind of went through and oh, caught I, up I watched on this too. Some yeah. things. Um, this is called She Dies Tomorrow. What a movie! Um, this movie is about a girl who uh, basically gets a an idea put in her head that she's going to die tomorrow, um, and we learn throughout the movie that that idea is contagious and she can spread it. So she spreads it to a bunch of people. Yeah. They all think they're going to die tomorrow. Um, it's a very interesting concept, but overall, for me, this movie is a movie of moments. Yeah. And the moments don't add up to a great overall experience for me. Um, I There's a couple of really great parts. Yeah, for sure. Um, there's one the, the one part in the movie where the woman is at the birthday party and the lights go oh, out. Oh, yeah. It's, they're gonna it's sing, fantastic. They're going to sing happy birthday and she thinks she's dying. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a very dark, dark, dark comedy. Yeah. Um, but like I said, it's a movie that kind of doesn't overall add up for me. It, um, I, I watched it too. Um, and I feel the same way. I, I was, I was overall disappointed to be yeah. honest. Like I, I, I saw the trailer and I thought it was going to be right up my alley. So did I. Yeah. And, um, it, it ended up being just more of an art project that, and, and way too meandering and way too like, I don't know what the word is, like senselessly exploratory. I don't know. Yeah. It just it it ended up being boring, yeah. which I was kind of sad about because I really wanted it to work. Yeah, and I, I've seen this movie show up on people's top ten lists for the year, and I'm just I, I guess I just yeah. it didn't hit right for me. So I may, I mean, maybe if I watch it on another night, but it didn't work for me either. Yeah. Uh, my next one is the, a lot of you have already seen this, but the Vast of Night on Prime. Um, not bad. It, you know, I liked it. There, there were some parts of it that I was like, uh, we what can... is this about? It's a, it's about, uh, it's like in the fifties. Remember Michael really liked it. I watched this movie. Yeah. I hated it. Um, well, let's <laughs> just remember. Well, let me tell them why, yeah, I, why sure. I liked it. Um, I liked it because that's, that is the kind of stuff that I'm really into. And like it, I think that the movie did a really good job of like being a period movie. Sure. Like the costumes are great. The, all the cars that they use are like fifties cars. It's just like, they, they did a good job on that. It's too long, that's for sure. Um, a lot of the actors are, are 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 pretty good. I don't think there's any like you know there's no Oscar winners coming out of this thing. But in general, like it was a good concept. I, I think you know it could have been a little tighter for sure. But in general, I liked it. If I remember right, um, and like I said, it's been a little bit since I've seen this movie. Yeah, I, I think that for me, this one hit a little more style over substance. I can see that for cause, sure because not a lot happens in the movie. Yeah, it's really concentrated on like four or five characters like going through a, a night. Yeah. essentially. The one um, thing that I would say about that that is kind of interesting though is like, I mean this this isn't a spoiler. It's an alien movie. Yeah, right. But it's an alien movie that is like, I don't know. It's not like what what's the one that we covered? The guy, dark skies. Uh, no, the other one from that episode. Fire in the Sky? Fire in the Sky. It's not like Fire in the Sky where it's like, oh my God! Yeah. You know, like that kind of thing. It's just kind of like a quieter alien movie. It's, I don't know. I thought that was an interesting thing, at least. I, I kind of took it as, if I was going to explain this movie to somebody, I yeah. would say, have you ever seen an, an Unsolved Mysteries where they're talking about uh, aliens? Now take that experience and put characters in it, and they're all just kind of looking and seeing and experiencing an encounter. You know, I don't think you're wrong. So that's kind of how I would yeah, put it. And then actually, set it in the 50s and stylize it yeah. that way. So. I, I thought the main guy was cute, too. I don't remember. I'm sure. Yeah. It is. Um, so my third one is on Shutter. It's a Shutter original. It's called The Pale Door. Now I tried to watch this and I stopped. I can't remember why, but how was it? 
Um, it's it's not for me. Uh, I think that's I, why I stopped too. Um, it, it's set as a western, but all of, the it's who, the brothers, right? Yeah, yeah. Whoever styled this movie kind of just like went to one of those shops where they have like the Western props and you're going to get your old timey photo and just kind of dressed them in that. Clothes. So they went to the Cracker Barrel store. <laughs> yeah, basically. Basically. Neat. Um, basically with this follows a set of brothers that um, they are going to rob a train with a group of people. They rob the train. This is all in the trailer, not spoiling anything. And there's a girl in the box that they take and she takes them to a town and things go from there. Um, overall, it just, it's just my girl was, in a box. It was kind of just boring to me. I don't know. I, I think I watched like the first quarter of it. Sure. And I I found myself just like, oh, let's play this game on my phone instead. And I was like, oh, let's just stop you. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Bye. I mean, I watched the whole thing. It's a fine movie. Yeah. It's kind of in in the offerings of Shudder. It's right in the middle. What's the genre even? Really? Western horror. <laughs> but there's no like ghost or anything. There's, or this is minor spoilers, but I think it's revealed in the trailer. It's it's witches. Got it. Okay. <laughs> so Western horror witches. If that sounds like that's Fun. for you, go for it. Well, darn tootin'. Let's go get a sourdough cheeseburger at Cracker Barrel. Um, God, you know what? I hate Cracker Barrel, but I'll tell you what. I would eat a plate of Cracker Barrel food right now. I Literally, I, I was listening to some other people in other podcasts, and they were like, even Olive Garden sounds like an excursion now. Oh, my God. <laughs> like Olive a delicacy. Garden. I would eat the fuck out of Olive Garden food right now. We'll talk about that in a moment. Anyways, <laughs> my third one is called The Ghosts of War. Have you seen this one yet? No. It's on, it's on HBO. Um, it's it's not bad. Uh, uh, Bretton Thwaites is in it, who you know I just think is hot. What did we um, watch him in? Oculus. Okay. He's okay. the kid. Um, he's the man. What am yeah. I talking about? Anyways, he's a man oh, now. Yeah. Listen, he's a man now, everybody. Got it? And what a man. Ghost. <laughs> uh, first episode of the year, folks. First episode of the year. Um, Ghost of War is... Um, it's a weird movie. It is definitely weird. It's it's a ghost story. It's a it's a ghost story. It's a haunted house story, and it's a war movie. Um, it takes place in World War II, kind of. Okay, that's all I'm gonna say. And when what I'll say is like the first seventy five percent of it. So the first three acts, yeah, the first three acts um, are kind of formula. There are a couple of genuinely scary parts. They do some good work with the set and everything else. It looks nice. Um, but not like... It, it looks just kind of like a horror movie. You're like, oh, we've seen this before kind of thing. This on HBO Max? It is. Huh. The, the last part of it, though, is really good. Okay. And, and it, it shifts in a very big way. Like a huge way. And... I think it's worth it to watch just to see that part because I, I honestly was not expecting it at all. And I was like, oh, now I like this movie. But it, but okay. it, it took me going all the way to the end. I can't, mm. I can't tell you what it is. Is it new? I think it might have been like supposed to come out last year okay. or one of those kind of things. Because I've then, never heard of this movie. And then it was just like, no, we're not going to – this is just going to be a – a HBO Max kind of thing. I might check it out. Yeah, I, I think that you would probably like it, yeah. to be honest. Um, so my final one is paying off from our interview with Adam Pally. How was that interview? Did you enjoy that? It's great. Good. Um, can people still listen to that interview? They can. Just wow. go back three episodes. Good. Um, so I watched the Creep Show Holiday Special, which is an hour-long um, Creep Show episode, That's basically. Awesome. Um, I'm happy to report that this is a ton of fun. Good. Um, it's your 
it's it's creep show um I would say it's creep show light, sure, because it's uh, more comedic than um, maybe some of the other episodes that are a little darker of creep show. But it is so fun, and it's the only episode in this one, right? It's just the one. It's just the one. Gotcha. Yeah, it's so fun. It's got great cast. Yeah, um, it explores some new lore with nice. like a Krampus and Santa and okay. like all these different things and the devil. And how was Adam? He was great. Good. He was great. Um, uh, they do a really funny thing where, um, and this is, we kind of got into it when we talked to him on the interview. Yeah. It's all about like where, I thought it was going to be all werewolves. Sure. It's like where people. So what? like one is like a were turtle. What? One is like a were cheetah. That's ridiculous. <laughs> so, oh my God. Some of them are like more powerful than others. And it's, it's a really a ton of fun. If you're looking for, you know, a 45 minute, just like fun romp sure. around with like funny stuff and blood and guts and stuff. It's, okay. it's right up. It's right up that alley. That's cool. So it was a lot of fun. I was happy to report that when, after we interviewed him, that it was indeed a great episode. Good. Um, my final one is the dark and the wicked, um, came out last year, supposed to be on shutter at some point in time. I meant to watch this. But then when I watched the preview, it said produced by Shudder. And I was like, I know. Okay, well, I'm just gonna wait for it to go to Shudder. I know. <laughs> so. I, I was I was on this I was on this kick like in I think maybe the first couple of days of the new year. I was like, okay, it's a lot of stuff I didn't get to watch in 2020. Maybe I'll just like gun through it now. And so I rented it and I was like, Yeah, just I'm not doing anything else. Fuck it. Here's five bucks or whatever. Yeah. Um you know, I, I liked it. I mean, it's it's on my list of best horror movies of the year. But I, I, I did that, and I also, like, there are definitely some problems with it, um, but not huge. Yeah. In the end, I put it on the list because it is very scary. Good. Like, it's it's definitely fucking scary. I'm looking forward to watching it's, it. it. The best way that I can describe it is, like, hereditary on the farm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> A and little house on the hereditary. <laughs> yeah, that's even better. It's, it, it's, it's not, like, it's not full-on hereditary, so that's not, like, a spoiler. Don't, don't get me wrong. Um, but I do think that, you know, the guys who made the movie who made um, strangers. Uh, strangers too, um, or strangers, you, you know what I'm trying to say. Um, it, 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 it's, it's different for them. It doesn't have all the hallmarks, I don't think. Um, and I, I liked it, I think, because it was different. Okay. And it is, you know, this is not a spoiler. It's a, it's a family movie, which is kind of, again, why it's hereditary. Um, and it is interesting the way that it explores love and the way that it explores horror. Like, okay. I mean, it's, I, I, I was genuinely surprised. I do wish that Shudder would just put it on. Just put it on. I, know. I don't know what the holdup is. I looked, I looked, and they were like, coming in 2021. I know. And I was like, okay. And like, I mean, I guess, you know, listen, I have you to make pay, money. I have to pay $4 for 1989 it movies. It went up, didn't it? No, no, no. I'm talking about the movies that we watched today. Oh, yeah. Listen, I'm spending all my money on movies from 1989. I can't afford 2020 movies. I watched Leviathan <laughs> on Tubi, and I think it lengthened the movie because of ads by like, seriously, a half hour and i was like is this we'll get to that when we you, talk about when are you gonna end anyways that was my last one for what you've been watching bitch um we hope that you enjoyed this segment you bitch so yes. we're done with this segment now and andrew when we come back we're going to be talking about our first film which is leviathan it was an experiment that tampered with nature's most basic laws it went terribly wrong. It was buried five miles down. Now, 
A crew of undersea miners is about to stumble upon this terrifying secret. Shack to seven. What's going on out there, Williams? My God, are you picking this up? Look at that. Leviathan. Currently with the Russian fleet in the Baltic Sea. Currently it's rusted junk and we're looking at it. What's your air reading? 20 minutes. Do something quick. We've lost him. My crew's in jeopardy. But you have no proof. I'm ordering you to start an emergency medical evacuation. What if it turns out to be nothing? Help me. It's already killed one man. Whatever got six-pack and Bowman, it's still here. I feel something. Somebody's alive in here. What's going on? Six-pack. Six-pack, answer. Anything. What are you trying to tell us, Doc? It absorbs the intelligence of its victims. Thank goodness you're still alive. When are you coming? I say we protect ourselves. Welcome back. It's time to transition into our horror in the media section. And today we are covering two water tales, I guess. Ocean ocean horror. Ocean horror. Uh, The first one we are covering is Leviathan from 1989. Coincidentally, both of our movies are from 1989. They are. Um, So, Manny, why don't you tell us a little bit about Leviathan? The true meaning of fear. Underwater deep-sea miners encounter a Soviet wreck and bring back a dangerous cargo to their base on the ocean floor with horrifying results. The crew of the mining base must fight to survive against a genetic mutation that hunts them down one by one. Leviathan was directed by George Cosmatos, written by David Webb Peoples, produced by MGM, rated R, 98 minutes, produced in the USA and in Italy. It was produced in Cinecita. If you don't know much about that, it's a really, um, really popular place where movies were made. Um, and it came out March of 1989. The budget was $25 million, brought in $15.7 million. Wah, wah, not a surprise. Um, starring Peter Weller as Stephen Beck, Richard Crenna as Dr. Thompson, Amanda Pays as Willie, Daniel Stern as a very annoying six-pack, Ernie Hudson as Justin, Mark, Michael Carmine as DeJesus, Lisa Ellibacher as Bridget, Hector Elizondo as Cobb, Meg Foster as Martin. So Leviathan is a movie... <laughs> That takes place under the ocean. Yes. Um, where we're mining for silver and other precious metals. Yeah. Yes. Got it. Um, <laughs> anywho, Andrew, why don't you give us a little bit about what you thought? So Leviathan, this is actually a first time watch for me. It's mm. been on my list because I know that there are just movies out there that I just haven't seen. Sure. Um, monster movies are not always my thing. So I think that's why it's kind of, of maybe not come up on my list yet. Sure. But I figured, hey, this takes place under the ocean. Let's watch this for the ocean yeah. movie. How I felt about the movie. Um, I actually think that I will give merits in kind of the underwaterness of it. Okay. Like, so when they're out, so when they go out into the, 
you know, quote unquote ocean underwater sure. and they have their suits and they're like exploring. I thought all that was done really well. Sure. Um, I learned a little bit about the process that they went for a dry as wet look. Mm. So everything was dry. And um, so it, it's a little weird, but it, I think it works. Yeah, sure. Um, the one thing that doesn't work is that there's no sea life down there. I yeah. think at one point there's like one fish that yeah. goes across the right. camera. Right. Yeah. Um, and then later on we'll talk about the, the sharks, which are just... Anyway. Yeah. Um, so, and I thought that the creature work and the body horror and that kind of stuff was actually done really well. Sure. Um, I hate 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 skin stuff yeah like where people scratch their skin and get pus and oh then you love this so that part really freaked me out um i liked how they kind of treated the the uh the monster how it kind of melded together people and they were still kind of alive it's kind of like the thing yeah if you think about it so that's and i'm getting to my point about this movie is that, that there are certain things that i think that are hit on pretty well sure but overall i think the filmmakers looked at movies like The Thing, like Alien, like right. um, Jaws, yeah. and kind of like were like, how can we put these all into one movie? Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and then the other thing that really stuck out to me in this movie is that all of the acting is so underacted. Like there is literally like sirens going off and warnings and you're about to die. And, and everyone's like, uh, oh, oh, okay, um, sure. I, I guess All press right. the button. Yeah, not a problem. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, hold it right there, buddy. Uh, hold on. <laughs> like this guy, and this is in with like the first ten minutes of the movie, like which the, I was ca- like, the captain thing. Yeah, yeah. Which I was like, Jesus, we're really getting into this quick. Well, we find out more later, but this movie is dreadfully boring after the first act. Oh my god, <laughs> so it's so boring. Um, the in the first like. 20 minutes this guy is running out of oxygen in his tank or in his suit right and they're literally like not reacting they're like okay get him to the well get him inside i guess okay sure and meanwhile this whole movie they're looking for doc all the time and he (laughs) Where is Doc? And he's just not there. Like, like literally the doctor we're yeah. talking about right yes. now. Like, the doctor on the ship who could solve the problems right. is not there when you need him. So overall for me, um, I think that I enjoyed probably the first, I don't know, first quarter of this movie. And I enjoyed the last quarter of the movie. There is two quarters in between that are just so boring <laughs> yeah so. yeah I, I i'll be honest i i this is the, i did not enjoy this movie um i was actually looking at my notes to see if i had anything and i really don't I'm just gonna put those notes away um you know i think one of the reasons why i really don't like this movie is because i really love an underwater movie from that same year which is the abyss i'm sure everyone listening to this right has has seen it before uh james cameron which you know i'm not a big james cameron fan in general but i love the abyss and when you think about the plot of the Abyss and the plot of Leviathan, they're pretty damn close. Well, it's just like nearly the same thing. Just to build off of that, in 1989 yeah. alone, there was The Abyss, Leviathan, Deep Star Six, The Evil Below, and Lords of the Deep, which are all kind yeah. of the same movie. Yeah. So in 1989, apparently we were starved for ocean content. Yeah, I mean, and then also Dead Calm. I mean, Dead Calm is very different, but you know, also that that same year. Um, but uh, the, the Abyss works in so many ways, and it's a really inventive movie. 
It is haunting. It's superbly well done. The the production is good. The music is good. Um, just everything about it is great. The acting's fantastic. And also it has it also had really great actors. Leviathan um is not. <laughs> like like Andrew said, I, I first looked down at my watch and was like, how long have I been watching this? <laughs> and it had been like like about like 45 minutes, and I was like, there nothing has really like the Jesus' suit happened, but other than that, like what the fuck are we doing? Like why do I why am I watching this? Like what what is going on? So there's that about it. The acting is so it's so I, I don't know who was directing them on how to do that or it's very why stiff. why they should do that, but it makes it literally makes no sense. So that all of that being said, it just draws you out. Like mm-hmm. it takes you out of the movie. Except for when the women are acting, which then it is super heightened. Oh my god. <laughs> and that also brings you out because it's just two polar opposites that make absolutely no fucking sense it was funny there's one part in the movie where in the cataclysmic end of the movie where they're trying to get out of the station before it implodes on itself where uh the one um woman character who is still in the movie yeah um you know our kind of like quote-unquote final girl um she's just running around announcing things yeah she's just running around saying no oxygen (laughs) that pole is falling this is happening exactly and (laughs) and like also to the 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 um the creature is basically the creature from the thing yeah it, it just can't in turn most in, ways it can't turn into it can't turn into an actual human right yeah yeah, yeah precisely yeah. um but it, it has a lot of the same features of like the core creature um which i didn't really appreciate that because if you're gonna do it from the thing then you better fucking do it because it's john carpenter it's a genetic alteration yeah right and also like that that, that was one of the funniest parts of the, of the film for me is uh, the doctor takes a skin sample from Six Pack, and Six Pack is just this annoying character. It's Daniel Stern. Da- and Daniel Stern just drives me nuts in the first fucking place, but he's he's it's terrible in this. He's basically a rapist. Yeah, I mean, like it's so it's so cringy to watch. But anyways, he's the one who gets the disease first. So, or you know, whatever the mutation. So the doctor takes a skin sample. He like puts it in he like inputs it to a computer and puts the, it into a 1989 yeah, computer, right? And the computer's like analyzing analyzing <laughs> analyzing and the answer is genetic mutation literally with a question mark at the end because <laughs> it doesn't know yeah and i was like oh god here we go so you know listen i, I could go on and on about like things i didn't like I'm, I'm not gonna do that the movie is not for me i'm sure that there are people out there who probably saw this when it first came out or they were kids and they saw it and you probably have an affinity for it and that's totally fine but like in general the movie just doesn't work it also doesn't work at the end, and let's talk about that. <laughs> one, when, uh, one, one thing before we get to the uh, end. The yeah. one part that I actually did like because it's so 80s movie yeah. is the executive woman. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Smoking a cigarette. Yeah, and <laughs> she's just like quintessential totally. 80s woman villain yeah, businesswoman very like angular blazers yeah. with like big lapels like so every, I, actually actually every time she was on camera i was like and i'm back yeah <laughs> like right, i like right. this new <laughs> so i mean speaking of her you know they're waiting they're waiting for the company to come pick them up basically and like the company won't pick them up because, because of the creature because well because of the con they're saying it's because of the contract and the hurricane and whatever well, the real reason is because they don't want to get anyone else infected. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So eventually, you know, blah, 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 blah. They go up from the fucking boat and they're in the, they're on the surface of the water or whatever, waiting for the Coast Guard to pick them up. So they're up there. And of course, sharks. 
<laughs> gotta have a shark. Because if we didn't have enough yeah. stuff going on in this movie, there's gotta be oh, sharks now. Hey, speaking of that sentiment, don't worry because um, what is the black actor's name? Uh, Ernie. It's Ernie, Ernie Hudson. Hudson yeah, yeah. It's Ernie Hudson. Ernie Hudson. As soon as you see the shark, his line literally is, "Boy, it's just a, another bad day," like something <laughs> like that. And I'm like, "Oh God Almighty!" And of course. Um, when the Coast Guard comes down, what pops out of the water? Leviathan is there, ready to eat them again. So they leave the black guy in the ocean <laughs> I know. to get eaten. No, there there are several. Oy. It was his death and Daniel Stern's death where I literally looked over to Michael and I was like, wait, he's dead now? Yeah. Like, because Daniel Stern in in the previous frame of the movie is looking at the doctor itching his skin worried in the next scene he's dead he's dead he's underneath a, a, a sheet dead <laughs> like what, what what killed him so so then they get on the fucking you know eventually they get on like the the boat and the company's there and whatever right so this executive woman comes out and she's like i knew you'd make it out <laughs> yeah. i was always blah, blah 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 and then the main guy just punches her in the face not before though he throws a explosive something into the uh, into Leviathan. Into Leviathan and says, Say ah. <laughs> uh-huh. And he 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 literally shoots it like a basketball into his mouth. And that's the end of the movie. Um and you know, uh, I saw it. Never gonna see it again. <laughs> um I think I had a little bit more fun with it than you, but um overall, yeah, it's not a great movie. Um <clears throat> it's got that classic like eighties stinger at the end. Yeah. I actually thought the girl was gonna hit the executive woman, not the not, man. Not so. literally a grown man. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, overall I think the creature work is pretty fun. I think the over like the creature at the end is actually like terrifying looking yeah. to me because it's kind of a there there's some facts around kind of how they came up with the yeah. Uh, th- the the thing essentially, yeah. Um, but it's got like kind of a fish head and like bodies all over it and stuff. So I enjoyed that portion of it. Yeah. Overall, though, there's like two like half of this movie is just people walking around <laughs> in a space or not space station underwater station. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some some things around this movie. So like I said, there were several other um, movies of the same vein that came out in 1989 and 1990. Um, there's a book in the... I, I tried to look at this, so I was glad it was in the trivia. Yeah, I saw that too. It's called The One Minute Manager, and he's reading this book on how to be a better manager because he's a geologist, goddammit, not a manager. Um, and, so, and that, I guess, is a really famous book from that year that was kind of like circulating around uh, the the help areas. Wow. Um, you know, I, I, I think I'm about to get it promoted soon. Maybe I'll have to read that book. The One Minute Manager. Sure. Yeah. Um, basically, 50 to 60 spec drawings of the actual creature were submitted before they kind of came to like the final uh, creature. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, listen... If you like movies like Deep Star Six, if you like movies like, I don't know, The Thing, uh, sure. these kind of movies, maybe you'll get some enjoyment out of this. From Friday the 13th, I don't know. I think we're both a little soured on the actual movie itself. Yeah. Um, and it was very, very weird to watch RoboCop <laughs> underwater. I know. <laughs> Because and that guy, that guy he like, doesn't belong underwater. Like, no, no offense to that actor. He looks this. This is just one of those faces. He looks completely normal when he's not expressing, 
But as soon as he smiles or makes expressions, I'm like, what is yeah, your face? Like, I what? I don't understand this he's, face. He's always had a weird face. Yeah, that's probably why they picked does. him for RoboCop, because he doesn't have to move his face very much in RoboCop. <laughs> Maddie, uh, we judge our movies here on a seven-stripe scale for the seven stripes of the rainbow. What do you give Leviathan? Uh, I give it a two and a half. Okay. I say if you haven't watched it, I think you can honestly skip it. And if you haven't seen The Abyss, spend your time watching that. Um, I was a little more generous. I gave it a three. Um, I think it's not quite an average quote unquote movie. Uh, it's got some good set work. It's got some good creature work. Other than that, it's just kind of a basic story. You've seen this story before. It's nothing Uh, new. Yeah. So, you know, next time we do an ocean, maybe we'll skip some of these 1989 underwater epics. (laughs) We'll look at some other ones. Yeah. (laughs) So folks, that wraps it up for Leviathan. We're going to take a little break. We're going to come back with our next film. Dead calm. Alone on a sea of endless calm, it was easy to imagine they were the only two people on Earth. But into their perfect world, there came a stranger. Stand up! Tried to take her across the Pacific. On your own? No. There were six of us. Yeah, this died 10 days ago. I'm going on board her. Can't do that. He's fast asleep. He won't even know. God, you're pretty. What about those people, huh? There wasn't any food poisoning, was there? Go away! You think I'm making this up? No, I don't. You sound so much like them, Ray. It's scary. Dead Calm. A voyage into fear. Stay calm. Stay dead. Get dead calm. And Andrew's going to tell us how to do it. Andrew, tell us how. Dead calm, high seas, deep terror, try to stay calm. An Australian couple taking a sailing... They're not both Australian, anyway. Yeah, they are. They are? They are. Yeah, they are. An Australian couple take a sailing trip to the Pacific to forget about a terrible accident. While on the open sea, in dead calm weather conditions, they come across a ship with one survivor who is not at all what he seems. Directed by Philip Noyce. 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 See, they're from Australia. That's Australia. (laughs) Written by Terry Hayes and Charles Williams. Production company was Kennedy Miller. I don't. I've never heard of that before. Uh, Ray, it's it's, it's uh, George Miller, the Mad Max movies. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Ray is played by a very young Nicole Kidman. Very young. John is played by Sam Neill. Huey is played by Billy Zane. The dog is played by Benji the dog. Who is? It's really funny because anytime you pause it on. Um, Amazon, he's actually listed in the little credits. Oh, that's cute. Um, and Russell is played by Rod Millinar. 
comes in at a swift 96 minutes, rated R, made in Australia, release date of April 7th, 1989, so roughly a month after Leviathan, uh-huh. uh, was filmed in the Gold Coast of Queensland, Australia. Budget was $10.4 million. Wonder how much of that was ships. <laughs> and the cumulative, Honestly, yeah, yeah. cumulative worldwide gross was $7.8 million, so it didn't quite make its budget I'm really back. surprised at that, to be honest. Yeah, so um, Dead Calm. Uh, Maddie, uh, is this a first-time watch for you, and how did you feel about this movie overall? Not a first-time watch. I've been watching this since I was a kid. Really? Um, yeah, I remember, like, we had a VHS of it. Like, I don't know, maybe my brother had a VHS of it or That's something. That's very strange. So I, I actually watched this movie, like, quite a bit when I was a kid. Was it because Billy Zane was shirtless all the time? I mean, if I'm <laughs> being honest, looking back now, that's probably a bit of why. Like, I mean, this is, a, I mean, it's a young Nicole Kidman. It's also a very young Billy Zane. And, and young Sam Neill. And Neils. Sam Neill. I mean, they're, they're all young. I mean, this is, how, how long ago was that? 1989. I can't even think. 10, 20, 30 31 years? I mean, that's, I mean, they were like in their 20s, all of them. Yeah, Nicole Kidman um, turned 20 She turned 20 set. during the, the fucking filming. And Billy Zane is, he's good looking in this yeah. movie. Like, I am all about that body girl, that body yaddy yaddy. <laughs> um, anyways, yeah, I, I, D- Dead Calm is good. I, I haven't watched Dead Calm in a while. So there are definitely parts of it that I totally forgot about. Yeah. And and there are parts now that I'm just older that I'm like, all right, that's not as good as I remember it. This is one of those movies that I've seen in chunks over sure. the years. I think this is probably the first time I've sat down and watched the whole thing. I feel like this yeah. is one of those movies that was always on like HBO when we were kids. Yeah, sure. And I probably would catch like little parts of it. Right. But never yeah. the whole thing. I mean, that's so. probably actually how I saw it. Somebody probably taped it off of HBO. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think in general, like... One of the reasons why I like Dead Calm is because I like George Miller quite a bit and because I like that style of filmmaking. And, like, is this a Mad Max movie? No, it's not. But, like, are there elements of it? Yeah, there are. You can see it in the ways that he films. You can hear it in some of the sound effects. You can hear it in some of the, like, chugga, chugga, chugga kind of, like, movement towards it. Um, and that stuff to me is really enthralling. I like that kind of filmmaking. I think it's, I think it's good. Um, there are definitely parts of the story, like, like I said, now that I'm, now that I'm older, where it's like, just fucking hit him. We'll go into that. Can you just (laughs) grab literally anything around you and hit him with it, please? Could you do that? Um, I also think like when I was a little bit younger, like when Sam Neill first goes to the boat, I found that part a lot scarier. Okay. Like, I mean, it was, it was definitely kind of like disturbing to see it now as a, as a, you know, grown. Oh, you ass. mean when he opens the door and little body parts come yeah, rushing and at him? It's, and, and that is like, I mean, imagine, imagine that happening to you. Like that, that is terrifying to think about. So yeah, let's just go over the main beats of the movie really yeah, quick. Ahead. So uh, main beats of the movie is that we open on a pretty horrific car accident yeah. where a toddler gets launched through the windshield of oh, a car. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, he does. Oh no! <laughs> and at that point, at the, uh, you know, a couple scenes after they're on the boat and I see a dog and I'm like, well, if that's what they're going to do to a toddler, mm. I can't even imagine what they're going to do this poor dog. Girl. Um, so that just set, I was in suspense this entire movie for the dog. Oh my God. <laughs> Typical dog owner folks I right know. here. Um, but uh, kind of the more beats of the movie, um, they go on a sailing trip to recover from the accident, basically. And, it, and it's also in Australia. It's Whitsundays. Yeah. So like this is when people go sailing. Um, and he had just like right before that accident, he's a he's an officer in the in the Royal Navy, yeah, um, in Australia. And so he gets back, and that's when the accident has occurred. So like, all of him and his buddies would have gone to their yachts anyway. Mm-hmm. So like, it's this weird, it's this weird thing that happens where like, 
they were supposed to do it. They've got the yacht. She didn't really want to do it, but then here we are. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Using it as a healing experience. Right, he's, exactly. he's using it as a healing experiment. Yeah, and also that yacht is fucking... It's really out. nice, yeah. It's like a multi-room. The Saracen. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then they come across a boat that they... It looks like maybe in trouble. Um, and Billy Zane... A black schooner. Billy Zane comes rowing up on his dinghy and invites him onto their boat and just <laughs> goes right into the... Oh. He just... Motherfucker just like jumps on board and immediately goes below deck. I know. And they're like... Um, excuse me hi (laughs) hello uh and then um they kind of put billy zane to bed in his like this bothered me just because i just got fresh sheets and it's in my mind but (laughs) he he was so sweaty and they put him into like a fresh bed and i was like don't you think you may want to shower first yeah uh also he probably smelled yeah yes um he, they lock him in a bedroom to rest, um, and Sam Neill is convinced that there's something else going on here. Oh, because he's acting pretty shady. Yeah, and he wants to go check on the boat um, that Billy Zane came from. Billy Zane is saying, why would you want to go there? The people are dead. Um, they died of, what, botulism? Yeah, he says that, he, like, Billy Zane, Huey says that it's, it, it was like food poisoning, yeah. and then he describes it, and um, uh, John is like, Ooh, sounds like botulism. And then he tells him what it is, and he's like, ooh, that's not good. Blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. So he goes over um, and finds a bunch of cut up bodies hidden yeah. in the front part of the ship. Uh, in the meantime, Billy Zane gets out and takes hold of the boat. They leave Sam Neill behind, and he's forced to kind of man this body ridden sinking boat he has, like, he has also like, sinking he's got to like pump the engine out he has to like get shit going again but like he's a sailor so he knows what the fuck he's doing yeah and meanwhile it's kind of a cat and mouse game between yeah. nicole kidman and billy zane back on the other ship right because she's trying to get back to um her husband and he and they develop this very strange relationship um where yeah <sighs> this is the part of the movie that i Overall, I like this movie quite a bit. Yeah. There are so many frustrating moments in this movie. Oh, one, one, I, I admit that 1,000%. Because for sure. Nicole Kidman, in so many times in the movie, has the run of the ship. I know. He's up smoking cigarettes and listening to music and dancing weirdly because he's the weirdest dancer. <laughs> and he's just such a weirdo, too. Um, and like playing with the dog and stuff. And she has full reign of yeah. knives, oars, fire extinguishers. A gun. A, a gun. literal gun. A literal rifle. <laughs> she has so many ways to get out of the situation. And I don't know if it's just because she's just suffered a death that she doesn't want to kill him yeah. or what. But instead, she kind of seduces him. Yeah. Um, she sedates him at one point. Um, she hits him with a... There's a whole series of things where she quote-unquote tries to get out of it but not really it's like one of those movies where you just keep saying over and over again they could have killed him here 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 oh and by the way you could have killed him here and i and he didn't kill him at any of those points i will tell you i audibly laughed out loud when bitch was up on that mast like looking for sam neill's boat when she's like on the actual yes on the top of the boat yes and i was like what are you doing girl she king of the world right there oh god it was so her, her titanic moment um but um overall like what saves this movie is the overall story and the acting all the acting is really well done yeah i agree um, and it's kind of said that this movie is kind of like what launched nicole kidman into sure. kind of like stardom yeah um then she shoots the dog with the with a harpoon which in that moment I was like, it's the dog because there's a, 
there's a part in the movie where <laughs> you are such a dog owner. they keep they keep showing how the dog can open the, the door yeah that's right uh that's like a running gag uh, in this movie honestly andrew i forgot about that until you said it right now <laughs> got it and then it shows like the door just basically like trying to be opened and what does she do she shoots it with a harpoon yeah. gun kills the dog and like Great. and like Thanks. blood comes to the door yeah it's, it's awful um <laughs> i don't care about billy zane billy zane also gets shot in the face of the flare gun it's fine <laughs> now let's talk about that yeah right. so the end so eventually right sam neal is is reunited well he gets back on board no once again nicole kidman takes yet again another opportunity to kill billy zane and doesn't do instead it. she puts him on a life raft and sends him on his marriage yeah way. right so but but eventually sam neal's back on the ship right and they think that he's gone yep. so they think he's gone blah 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 whatever and like they're having a good time they're like oh thank god we're finally fine and like instead of like rocketing as fast as you can back to the coast like let's get the fuck out of here and like call the police or some shit it's time to go swimming nope <laughs> it's time to have our vacation now so she goes swimming and like sam neil's like made this beautiful like brunch and he's gonna like wash her hair and like give her like a bit of a spa day which hey you know what the bitch deserves so anyways <laughs> like he goes on to get the breakfast and like it shows like and it's, it's actually a really good scene but like you know, it was Sam Neill washing her hair before, and now all of a sudden these bloody hands come up. It's it's bloody face with bloody hands. <laughs> and he's like massaging her head and like obviously she doesn't know that it's him yet until she reaches back and feels his arms and she knows it's not the arms of her husband. And so Sam Neill's coming up and he like sees it happening through the sail. It's actually a, a, like I said, a good bit of filmmaking. And so he drops the tray of food and he picks up a flare and motherfucker just aims it through the <laughs> sail and whoosh, and that flare goes straight into Billy Zane's mouth, his mouth, and it is his head fucking like lit up like a jack-o'-lantern, like a fucking jack-o'-lantern <laughs> until he falls into the ocean, girl. Finally dead. And I do love, I do love that kill. That's a yeah. great kill. It's just, it, it just, it would have been better for me if Nicole Kidman would have just killed him. Yeah. Because it's kind of like... Well, it would have been more powerful. Yeah, exactly. Now Sam Neill's here to save yep. the day. Um, and and I, I, th I think that's a bit of the problem with the movie in general. Yeah. It's like, I mean, and it's a it's a product of 89. Of course, so of that's course. a big part of it. Yeah. But she is so... Helpless. Uh, uh, helpless. I'm trying to find another word for it. Like, I, I, I can't think of what the word I want is right now, but it's like... It is specifically making a woman look even more weak than she is by far. And I just, I think in today's world, people would watch a contemporary movie like that and be like, what the fuck? Yeah. You know? Because she has a lot of, there, there's literally knives on the ship. There's, I mean, think about what's on a ship. There's, there's anchors, there's oars, oars. Once again, a shotgun. I know. Like, um, no, I, I thought it was funny that. I was thinking about when Sam Neill comes back on the ship, yeah. what their conversation must have been. Because at this point, this is the only way the conversation could have gone. Um, by the way, I let the crazy guy live. He's on a life raft in the middle of the ocean. I killed our dog and we have no gas. Welcome back. Also, I had sex with him too, just to <laughs> yeah. let you know. <laughs> and I think I enjoyed it. I mean, he wasn't a bad lover. He's just a little crazy. It's a, unfortunate the circumstances, and you know. And she, we should say it's, she was under duress. It's alluded to that he was a photographer's assistant. Yeah. That kind of just went crazy and killed all the models and the photographer. I mean, it also seemed like that the the whole crew on the schooner, 
um, they all seemed like they were like probably doing drugs, drugs and, and partying. And it was. It looked like it was like a bit of like a freak show, and things things just went, went south quickly. I mean, like if you listen to Billy Zane in the videos when he's downstairs, Billy Zane actually doesn't sound crazy. He sounds kind of fine. It's it sounds like something really went wrong. And I do wonder... Or he got pushed to a point. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. And, like, you know, we know that the film originally ended differently, and we, we could talk about that in a minute, but, like, knowing that, I wonder what else got cut from the movie, because there had to have been a lot cut. Yeah. And, and I wonder what else we just don't... From the backstory. Yeah, well, like, yeah. what just... What did we not learn because we only saw this? Yeah, and I also heard in the background, because, so, the whole time that Sam Neill's on the boat, there's kind of a video playing in the background. Yeah. And I thought I heard something about him coming back from the war. So maybe he was a a soldier that was a little messed up in the head from being at war hmm. um, and got pushed to a point. I don't know. We don't know. I wonder what the war movie. he would have come back from. I don't know. Or just active duty. Huh. That's um, interesting. Um, so this, some things about this movie um, is based on a novel, which I kind of want to read now. Dead Cam. Uh, the original ending was actually um, kind of just truncated. It was kind of just like yeah. her putting him on the life raft and Sam Neill coming back and being like, love you, baby. And then we go off into the sunset. They added on the extra tidbit to help satisfy audiences. Sure. Um, Nicole Kidman, like we said, turned 20 during the production. Which is insane. Um, Sam Neill actually met his wife on the making of this Noriko film. Noriko Watanabe. Which is interesting. Um, Filming took six months. That this. seems like a long time. That's a very long time. Very long time. And I know that Nicole Kidman actually took sailing lessons for this movie. So when she is... You can tell. Well, when, and when she's in the shots where she's actually... Um, she is actually... You know, sailing, sailing the boat. Yeah, she's Which fucking is actually kind of cool. Um, yeah, and Billy Zane's real hot in it, and he, he's, so, he's so sexy. He okay. So during the sex scene, um, there is a point where he rips her pants off. Mm -hmm. He did that in real life. Yeah, there were no alterations made to those pants. And I'll tell you what, there is that one scene where like she's like, oh, I just need to go to the bathroom first, and he's like, okay, but then he gets up too, and you see that butt, but, but oh. <laughs> I mean, you all know I'm an ass man. I'll tell you what. That is a butt. <laughs> it's tan. It's that's bubbly. A, that's a tan good <laughs> butt for days. I love a good butt. All right. If you have a good butt, my DMs are open. Keep going. Go ahead. <laughs> no, yeah. So overall, I think that, yeah, if you're going to watch this as a movie now, it's going to be a little bit frustrating because she does take multiple times where she could have killed Huey um, and doesn't. Um, which... but, uh, but I still think it's good. I still I, think I, it's good. I, too. Yeah, I think it's a good story. It'll be story. reflected in my score. Yeah, without a so. doubt. Which, what is your score? My score is a 4.5. Mine is just a little bit higher at five. Okay. Yeah, I think that this is a, a I liked the set of this movie. Oh, yeah. And the for setting. Sure. Totally. You don't see, um, apart from White Squall, which is another oh, favorite. Don't even. <laughs> Do not get me going on White Squall right now. <laughs> this is one of the only movies that <sighs> I really enjoy that's kind of like takes place at sea. Oh, because yeah. I can sometimes these like sea movies can be a little mundane. Listen, um, you know, there's always going to be a storm. There's right. always going to be this, blah, blah, blah. White, White Squall was one of those movies I stayed home from school for. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, it's like, coming on TNT later. <laughs> you, got, you got the whole day to just uh, kick back and relax. You know Look what I mean? Chris O'Donnell and the rest of Oh, my of God. I listen. That that movie is Spankfest 
Arama. If you are a gay man and you did not oh. grow and you did not grow up with White Squall, I invite you to go to Boner a look. City. <laughs> a boner, boner fucking city. Anyways, that's 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 dead calm. That's boner dead calm. City. Dead calm Aussies. Um, okay, we're gonna take a little break and we're gonna come back um, with our uh, final game of the episode, which is a review of the best of the worst year that was, 2020. Please welcome the wickedly talented one and only Adele Dazeen. Welcome back to the end of episode 47. <sighs> the end of the first episode of, of this year. year. <laughs> episode 47, The Ocean is Terrifying. Uh, we thought it would be a good idea to go through our best of the year 2020. Um, we're going to go through our top five movies of 2020, horror movies, excuse me, top horror. five horror movies of 2020, and then some actor and actress highlights in Let's some do it. of those. Let's do it. Starting at number five, my number five this year was the Vince Vaughn movie, uh, Freaky. Awesome. I had fun with Freaky. It was just what I needed at the right time, so that's why it makes my top five. Mine is very different. <laughs> it's I'm thinking of ending things, um, which was a really... Um, I'll say again, if you, you if you haven't watched the film, maybe read the book first. It'll make it. I would highly encourage that. Yeah. Um, but if you did read the book like I did, I think it makes it um, really meaningful. I thought it was really um, depressing, of course, but also really dark and really cool. I think they did a really good job with it. So that's my number five of the year. Number four on my list is 1BR. Love 1BR. Uh, way back in June, when we thought the pandemic was going to end anytime <laughs> soon, uh, we interviewed uh, some of the you know some of the creators and the actors. The director, the producer, and, and the, Naomi Grossman. Yeah. So if you haven't listened to that, you can go back and listen to that interview. Um, but 1BR overall, the movie, I just thought it was in a sea of movies that were kind of all kind of seeming the same yeah this one just kind of stuck out big time and so it, that's why it makes my number four awesome my number four is the dark and the wicked i talked about it earlier in the episode so just go, go back, back and listen <laughs> go ahead number three number three uh i alluded to this on my on the last episode um at least i think it was the last episode yeah it was that. yeah um it's number my number three is uncle peckerhead uncle peckerhead sounds super dumb but <laughs> this movie is a whole lot of fun you can watch for free on amazon prime um go ahead and watch it and give those filmmakers a, a rating on there yeah, for sure they didn't get their theatrical release or their um you know time at all the different cons and everything to yeah. be able to show this movie so it's really fun movie it's about a, a punk rock band that has a roadie that is a monster <laughs> so uh, weird it's it's a lot of fun i highly encourage it. it's my number three my number three is the film amulet i, I meant to watch this i got ugh, past it really love this movie um the main guy was also in god's own country which is one of my favorite films um i totally forget his name right now this is a horror movie like none fucking other it is wild and um it's really good um so cheers good work it's also a woman filmmaker um very feminist themes in this and i think it was really really good i i loved it there are two movies this year that i just didn't get to that i really wanted to and that was one of them was the other one, relic yeah the other one was yeah relic. i haven't gotten a relic yet yeah. either um so my number two is the wretched um i think that this one kind of got oh, i forgot about this one too i Damn. think this i think it got lost because it was yeah. it literally was like one of the first movies to come out in 
like to like uh, drive-in movies. Sure. So I think it kind of got lost. Yeah. I, it's it's a great. I really liked it quite a bit. That's why it's my number two of the year. My number two is one br. Come again. You just heard about it. Um, I loved one br. I I, th- I thought it was just really good. Also, as somebody who lives in a one br. I thought it was really interesting as well and very scary because I live alone. That's all. Go ahead. My number one of the year was actually the last movie I saw in theaters, uh, The Invisible Man. What a movie. Um, have you watched this yet? I did. I loved it. Absolutely this, loved it. I I just thought the the subject of gaslighting and how they handled kind of The Invisible Man and everything was just so well done. The acting is so well done. I'm not a huge fan of um, Elizabeth Moss because of her... Scientology. Scientology background. But other than that, she does a great job in this movie. Everyone does a great job. It's got great special effects. It's my number one of the year. Boy, that restaurant scene, I'll tell you what. That was, probably, <laughs> that was honestly probably the best scene of the year. Anyways, my number one is His House on Netflix. I absolutely <clears throat> love this movie. It was terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Um, so well acted. Great story. Incredibly sad. Um, just, it, it was completely unexpected and i thought it was great it did come out of nowhere oh my god so so good so those are our top five films from 2020 what a shitty year but not for horror films i agree yeah um so out of the best performances of the year what did you give for your best actor and actress um so actually we had the same best actor yeah and that is uh sobe dirisu um who is the main character in his house uh, my actress is Nicole Bryden Bloom, who was the uh, main character in One Br. Yeah, like you said, um, I also had Sope as my um, hit, from his house as my best actor of the year, um, and my actress. I went with Aya Cash from Scare Me. Nice. Um, if you haven't watched Scare Me, it's on Shutter. Uh, it's a very like small movie, and there's only I think four characters in the whole movie. Sure. But she really stands out, and I want to go back and watch. Um, her show that she was on that hmm. I'm blanking on what it's called right now. On Shutter? No, it's on FX. It's not a horror movie. Or it's not okay. a horror show, but I want to watch her. Now that I saw her in Scare Me, I want to watch her in other things. Awesome. So, yeah, that about wraps it up. Yeah. So we got some things, some some housekeeping items. Let's talk about them. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, first off, we're a member of Legion Podcast. If you don't know Legion Podcast, look it up. Go listen to some other <laughs> Legion podcasts. Thank you, Bo Ransdell, for all of your support, as always. Also, we have a hotline that you can call. You've heard about this before. We still have it, and it's still really funny um, and also really touching. You should call us and leave us a message about whatever you would like. Maybe you have an idea for the show. Maybe you just want to um, say something or something weird or tell us a joke. We don't really we've care. We've had all of them. Um, we've literally had all of that and more. Uh, the phone number is 872-208-3119. Again, that's 872-208-3119. You can find our merch on teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash Friday 13. We have mugs. We have t-shirts, sweatshirts, anything your heart desires. You can even get a pandemic mask. Oh my God, how cool. Oh, yes. So that really helps support our show. The other thing that helps support our show is our Patreon. Yeah. So we have two new patrons this month. Thank you. Thank patrons. you, Charlotte. And thank you, Ryan. Thanks, Charlotte and Ryan. I love for the both, name Charlotte, by the way. And both, I love the name Ryan. Yeah. And I'm just, 
It was really nice to see some support for the show. Yeah, awesome. You can join on patreon.com slash Friday 13 and you can join for as little as a dollar. Little as a dollar. Think about that. That's $12 a year. Yeah. And it helps fuel the show. Yeah. Just like all the other podcasts. So thank you. <laughs> also, don't forget um, to follow us on social media. On Twitter and Instagram, we are at Friday 13 Search for us on Facebook. Visit our website at www.frygay13.com. Please review us. Review us anywhere you want. But best on Apple and Podchaser. <laughs> yes, thank you very much. Um, and to all of our Podchaser folks that have been leaving reviews, um, once I said this in the last episode, but I'm sorry, I'm actually new to Podchaser. I didn't I even too. know that they yeah. were there. There's a ton of great ones, and thank you very much. It's so fucking cool. And also on Apple, thank you, all of you. We still have a nice five-star rating, and we have how many reviews now? 313. Not bad, baby. So listen, that's the end of our first episode of 2021. Um, you know what to do out there. Stay safe, stay healthy, don't be an asshole. And as always, we want you to come with us and get slayed. slayed.